Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theatre. Welcome to our 100th episode of WPMT Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio. Opening in movie theaters December 27, 1944, with a screenplay by James Edward Grant and songs by Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke, Belle of the Yukon received a Best Original Song Academy Award nomination for Sleigh Ride in July, one of two nominations for the songwriting team of Burke and Van Heusen that year, the other being Aren't You Glad You're You from The Bells of St. Mary's. Set in the days of the Alaskan gold rush, Belle of the Yukon is the story of a so-called reformed con artist turned dance hall owner whose girlfriend tries to keep him on the straight and narrow. The film is an entertaining adventure musical that gave Western star Randolph Scott one of his most enjoyable roles. Scott was always a solid presence, and this lightweight film offered him a chance to lay back and enjoy himself, and he obviously relished the opportunity, as you'll hear in just a moment. Gypsy Rose Lee proved a formidable co-star in one of her few and one of her best screen roles. Lee, who was more known for what she took off than what she wore, was amusingly costumed throughout the film in period dresses that, ironically, stay tightly buttoned from chin to ankle. Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke were one of the busiest songwriting teams in Hollywood's golden age, most famously composing the score for the Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, Dorothy L'Amour road pictures. While they both wrote individually and together for Broadway musicals, including Nellie Bly in 1946 and Carnival in Flanders in 1953, it was on the West Coast that they saw their greatest triumphs. Here, on the February 12th, 1945 episode of the Screen Guild Theatre R from the film cast, Dinah Shore, Randolph Scott, and Bob Burns, with Gail Patrick in Belle of the Yukon. <laughs> Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, Belle of the Yukon. The starring players... This is Randolph Scott. This is Dinah Shore. This is Bob Burns. And this is Gail Patrick. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in International Pictures, musical extravaganza in Technicolor, Belle of the Yukon. Studded with good music and hearty laughs, it stars Dinah Shore as Letty Candless, Bob Burns as Sam Slade, Randy Scott as Honest John Calhoun, and Gail Patrick as Belle DeVal. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Belle of the Yukon. Piano, folks. 
That's young Steve Atterbury romping on them keys. And you hear that warbling? That's young Letty Candace. She's just doing her act in Honest John Calhoun's place. Of course, the sign out front says Emporium, but don't let that fool you none. That Emporium, that's just a crossword puzzle way of saying saloon. Now, maybe you're wondering what two nice kids like that are doing way up here in Alaska. You might even be speculating some about me, Sam Slade. Well, now, that's where you're wrong, folks. Don't ever speculate on anything in Alaska. Especially the weather. I declare I never saw such weather in my life. Why, it's awful nice and warm when the sun's out, but when the sun goes behind the cloud, it turns off bitter cold. I was walking around a little lake here the other day, and the sun was out and it was warm, and a lot of little frogs were sitting around the lake singing. All of a sudden, the sun went behind the cloud. Well, them frogs knew what was coming, so they all jumped in the lake, but they didn't quite make it. Just as they hit the lake, the lake froze over and left their little legs sticking up in the air. (laughs) You know, I went home and got a lawnmower, and I got enough frog legs to last me all winter. (laughs) But now, to get back to what I was saying, I'm up here in Alaska working on a deal with Honest John Calhoun, and it looks pretty good, too. Like my cousin Elmer Hollihead used to say, he was my second cousin on my stepmama's side. (laughs) Elmer used to say, there ain't no deal in the world as good as an honest one. No matter how crooked it is. Well, I'm in on this deal with Honest John, who owns a saloon. I mean, excuse me, the Emporium. And it seems like everything's going to be all right when he decides the show needs a little more class. So he sends down to Seattle and hires this here Belle DeVal and the girls. Folks, that's where the trouble begins. You see, Calhoun is out of town when them girls arrive on the boat. He ain't even back for showtime that night. No pop candles, that's Letty's paw. He's working himself up into kind of a lather. Miss Duval, I can't find the clouds for your second number. What'll you sit on? What would you? Uh, relax, Mr. Candless, relax. You've got first night jitters. Who, me? An old trooper like me? Why, I'm as calm as a... cloud. Oh, I gotta find those. I gotta find those. <clears throat> Sorry, Mr. Candless, I didn't mean to... Steve Atterbury. What are you doing in here in this ladies' dress room? Well, I was coming to talk to Mr. Val about the music. Well, that don't go down with me, you piano-pounding young squirt. But, Mr. Candless... I know you're kind. I know you're kind. I want you to stay away from Letty. She's practically engaged to honest John Calhoun, and I won't let any third-rate ivory tickler ruin her life. Not of a hang for it. And I'm just a man that can do it, Am. Pop! Uh, for two cents, I... Uh, What's going on here? Are you two at it again? Oh, Letty, no, I was Letty, just... Slow I... down, both of you. Pop, I think you'd better go along with well, That's right, Mr. Candless. If I remember yes, rightly... Yes, 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 I know. I was hunting for your seat. I... All right, all right, I'll get it out. Steve, you'd better run along, too. You know it makes him awfully mad to see us together. Okay, Letty. Anything you say. Mr. Val, I'd like to say hello. My name is Letty. Letty Candless. Yeah, I know. And you've got a claim staked out on this, uh, Mr. Calhoun. Oh, it, it isn't like that. We're just good friends. You know, platonic. Sure, I know. Platonic. The gun you didn't think was loaded. Look, honey, any man who says his interest is platonic deserves a bronze medal. What for? <laughs> for being the second best liar in the world. The best one is a fellow I used to know in Seattle. I hope he's in a warmer climate now. Curtain call, Eddie. Where are you? Right up here. I'm coming. Excuse me, Miss Candless. Who was that? Oh, that's Mr. Calhoun. He must have gotten back. 
Well, do me a favor on your way down, will you? Tell him I got a steam at once. Mr. Val, it's Honest John Calhoun. Did you want to see me? Come in. Sorry I wasn't here to meet you. I... I thought I recognized that voice. How are you, Jack? How do you think when you greet me by bouncing a vase off my head? That's for ditching me in Seattle. The next one will be for that bracelet you didn't give me. Uh, What do you mean, didn't give you? After you left, a jeweler came and took it back. I can't get over it. So you're Belle de Val. I like your new name. I'll let you know about yours when I find out why you changed it. What's your game up here? I got the greatest proposition in the world. I turned honest. Yeah, and I'm sweet 16 and never been kissed. On the level, I figured I'd make something out of myself and come back and offer you my name and fortune. Uh Uh-huh, you were thinking only of me. That's right. Now I'll tell one. You're afraid I might inform the Seattle police as to where they might find a certain gentleman, Jack. Shh, don't mention that name. And brother, that's exactly what I'm going to do the first time you get out of line. Now, Skidoo, i got to get dressed for my number. All right, if you want to kick me out. Remember, no playing around with that little singer. Oh, you've got that all wrong. We're just friends. We're just, uh... uh... Uh-huh, platonic. Yeah, platonic. When you turn platonic, wolves will be vegetarians. <laughs> now, beat it, and later you can join me for dinner. With wine. <laughs> yes, sir, I knew it right from the start. That girl was calamity with a capital K. She wasn't no good for our plan at all. But anyway, we're standing at the bar that night, Calhoun and the town marshal and myself, when this fellow walks in kind of nervous-like and sort of sidles up and says... Excuse me, I'm looking for someone in authority. Why, Professor Salisbury. I beg your pardon? Uh, don't you remember me, sir? Honest John Calhoun? I, uh, I drove your pack horses when you made that survey in South America. Oh, yes, 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 of course. Uh, gentlemen, the professor here is the world's greatest authority on the weather. Yeah, first professor I ever seen. I always thought they wore plug hats. Uh, professor, this is our town marshal. Just the man I want to see. I have here the data on my two-year study of Alaskan weather conditions. I should like to deposit it in a safe place until I leave for the States. I can help you there, professor. Say slave. Put the professor's reports in my safe. Be glad to. Must be mighty important, professor. Oh, yes. When they're published, you people will be able to predict the weather. When it's going to be dry, when it's going to snow, and when it's going to thaw, and when it's going to freeze. You mean we'll know when the freeze-up's coming in advance? Well, with reasonable accuracy, say, uh, within 12 hours. Say, I better put these where they'll be safe. Oh, uh, I better go with you, Slade. Uh, I mean, a lot of valuable papers. Oh, like sure you, thing, Marshal. Come right along. Uh, you know, Slade, uh, up in these parts, the weather can sure be important. Sure can. I'd sort of like to have a look at them reports. Now, Marshal, you wouldn't be asking to see them. For a hundred bucks? Oh, I couldn't, no. Two hundred? No, no, I'm sorry. Five hundred? Well, now, if I laid these papers down for a minute and you sort of happened to glance through them, Marshal, I might be just looking at something else. In fact, $500 in my hand would be a mighty pretty thing to look at. (laughs) So you put it over, Slade. The Marshal fell for it, huh? I declare I never saw such a crooked fella in my life. He's out there at the dice table right now laying two to one. The freeze-up's coming by September 15th. And it's never happened before October 1st. Of course, the professor could be wrong. He better be wrong, or we've brought him all the way up here for nothing. (laughs) 
Think maybe we ought to take some of that money? <laughs> We're going to take it all without laying a bet. It's the sweetest setup I ever figured out. Say, Mr. Calhoun, you seen Letty around? Why, no. Uh, she must have gone home, Pop. Seems to me she left with that music fella. Steve Atterbury, huh? That's what I thought. I tell you, I don't like that young whippersnapper. Something strange about him. Like he's hiding something. I'm going to find out what it is if I break my neck. And I'm the man that can do it, too. <laughs> It was nice of you to walk me home, Steve. It was nice of you to let me. Such a beautiful night. There's a kind of haze around the moon. Well, that's due to altitude condensation. You see, the cold air sweeping down from the north meets the warm air from the south, and they... No. No what? No lectures, no statistics. Not tonight. Just for once, let's talk about you. Who you really are, and where you came from, and what you want to do. Right now, I want to take you in my arms. Is that bad? I... I haven't the right. I, uh, got into a mess back home and... Well, until it's cleared up, well, you understand. Sure I do. So I haven't the right to take you in my arms. To say I love you. Steve. To ask you to marry me. I, I just haven't the right. Then why don't you stop kissing me? Steve, what do you think of when we're like this? I don't know, Letty. What do you? Music. Beautiful music. The kind I've never heard before. Lately, I find myself archiving. Screen Guild players, and now the lights go on. Do you welcome those bright lights, or would you rather sit in darkness, kind, concealing darkness that hides little blemishes? Now, if you want to be proud of your skin, if you want to look and feel radiantly attractive in any light, listen to this message from Lady Esther. Do you know the mistake many women make in the care of their skin? They use too many different kinds of preparations. 
They use one thing to open the pores, another to close the pores. One thing working against the other. Now, any doctor will tell you that's wrong. That under such treatment, the pore openings finally refuse to function at all. They remain wide open and make the skin look rough and coarse. That's why, for more than 30 years, I've refused to make any other cream than Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. For I know it's the only cream you need. All any cream needs, all any skin needs, is a cream that cleans it thoroughly, that removes not only the dirt and waste which clog the pore openings, but the dry, dead particles of skin nature is constantly throwing off. And Lady Esther Face Cream does just that. It leaves your skin so smooth and fresh, so free of dry, flaky particles that when you apply your face powder, it looks fastidiously clean and radiant. It has a translucence, a clarity it never had before. You can prove all this in just 30 seconds with a patch test. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on one cheek, wipe it off, and then compare that side of your face with the other. Run your fingers over it. Feel how the dry, rough flakes are gone, how smooth and silky that patch of skin has become. Then apply your face powder and see the difference. See the fascinating new clarity of your skin. You see... Lady Esther Face Cream does the four things your skin needs most for beauty. And does them by itself, working with nature, not against nature. Prove it with a patch test. It takes only 30 seconds, half a minute. So get a jar of Lady Esther Face Cream and make the patch test tonight if you possibly can. Hi, this is Porchlight's Production and Operation Director, Alex Ryan. Thank you for listening to WPMT. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today to Porchlight Music Theater at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration, and we hope you enjoy the show. And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of Belle of the Yukon, starring Bob Burns, Gail Patrick, Dinah Shore, and Randolph Scott. Sam Slade continues our story. You know, my Aunt Pody always used to say, temptation is the tool of the devil. Trouble is, so many people like to borrow it. And that's how this Calhoun fellow was working. I declare he had it figured out mighty slick, too. You see, when them miners put up their bets against the marshal, they put them up in gold dust. And that brung up a little problem. Hey, that's, a, that's an awful load of dust there. Six thousand ounces of temptation. Who's going to hold the stakes? How about the marshal, gentlemen? He can keep it at the jail and watch it. Well, who will watch the marshal? <laughs> <laughs> Say, Mr. Calhoun, why don't you hold it? Maybe he ain't the only honest man in town, but you're the only one I know. No, gentlemen, I, I don't want to hold the stakes. But I can offer a suggestion. One thing we need in Malamud is a bank. So I propose that a committee of citizens get together and select someone to start such a project. A sober, honest, industrious man... Hey, what do you get... know? We're going to have a bank. That's right, folks. Just as simple as that. And I don't hardly have to tell you the rest. Pretty nice sign, Slade. I had it painted this morning. Security Trust Bank of Malamute. <laughs> President, Mr. J.C. Calhoun. <laughs> Yes, sir, that Calhoun's mighty sharp. He converts an old boiler into a vault, dumps the gold inside, and there we are. Just waiting to make a getaway. 
And everything's rosy except for Pop. Makes men pretty mad, it does. Having to work with a gosh darn crook. Crook? What are you talking about, Pop? Well, I'm talking about Steve Atterbury. He's a crook. And a liar. And a bigamist, too. Here, just just look at what I found in his room. Now, Pop, you ain't been robbing Steve's room. Who said robbing? I was investigating. I got a right to with him making love to my daughter. Here, just listen to this letter I found. It says here, uh, uh, Dear Steve, I hope this letter will reach you and you'll decide to come home and face the music. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know that I will stand by you. Love, as always, Sherry. Hmm, sounds pretty bad. You ain't heard nothing here. Listen to this. P.S. It says here, P.S. The children miss you very much. Oh, now, Letty, I know it's pretty tough on you, your father finding that note and all. Oh, Bill. Now, honey, you can't give away like that. You got a number to do. You know, the show must go on. Why? Well, because I never did figure that one out. This is the first time your heart's been broken? Can it happen more than once? Say, your heart can get cracked so often it looks like a spider web and still hang together. <laughs> You'll be all right. It takes a long time. How long? Well, that depends. Of course, a diamond bracelet always speeds things up. There's your introduction, baby. You gotta stop crying now and start to get mad. I feel I've been made such a... such a... The word is sucker. And remember that when you go out there to sing. If I were the type to play around, it wouldn't be so bad. But I didn't know my way around. What a time I had I was taken for A sleigh ride in July Oh, I must have been A setter for a time A
But I felt awful sorry for them kids, but I can tell you I had a lot of other things on my mind, too. We was waiting for the riverboat, you see, and then at last she came in. So that night, about an hour before that boat was due to leave, Calhoun and I just sort of moseyed quietly over to the bank. We let ourselves in the back door, and then... Hello, Calhoun. Hello, Slade. Hello, Marshal. What's up? Your hands, I hope. Go on, heist them. Look here, Marshal, is this official? No, I reckon you'd call this sort of personal. I had a few drinks with the professor. He got kind of loaded and started to talk. Mighty pretty plant, Calhoun. Lucky I got wise in time. Uh, Marshal, would you mind lowering that gun a bit? I'm nervous about guns. Then you better open that vault and start hauling that gold dust out of there. Ever hear of a lynching, Marshal? Sure. But I don't figure I'll stay around to watch it. I aim to be on that boat when it sails. Yeah, but what about us? You know, I ain't given much thought to that. Mm. But after you haul me that dust out of there, you can sort of talk it over between yourself. You mean you're going to leave us here? Why not? <laughs> ain't much noise you can make locked up in that closet. Ain't no use, Calhoun. My fists are getting as raw as my uncle slug liquor. Oh, uh, take it easy, Slade. They'll find us soon enough. All right, you weasel. Maybe too soon. Say, that's Miss Bell. In here, miss. We're in the closet. Well, fancy meeting you two here. Bell, this is very embarrassing. And it's going to be more so, sweetie pie. All those miners are on their way over here. They are? What for? Just to make sure their money's safe. Somebody sort of started a rumor. Oh, me. All of a sudden, I missed you tonight. I thought you might be up to some of your old tricks. Miss Bell, you mean the miners are going to ask for their money? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. And they sound like they're going to get it, too. But they can't. We've been robbed. Robbed? You mean you can't pay off? Oh, gosh. And, and I started them here. Oh, they're pretty angry. We'll have to act fast. Mr. Slade, you talk to them. Hold them out there a while. Go on. We'll think of something. Yeah, I know, but will I? Go on. Get out there. Hurry. Now, just a minute there, men. Just a minute, men. Don't work yourself all up. You don't want the blood to rush to your head? Now, I imagine you men, you figure maybe Mr. Calhoun's dishonest with your gold dust. That's just because you men don't know a thief when you see one. Well, now, men, take it from me. I do. I got a thief in my family, boys. That, that's, that's my Uncle Petty Larson. There was a thievingest man. I, now, he wasn't bad, you understand. He used to just pick up little odds and ends, you know, that he saw lying around. He brought home a Ferris wheel like that one time. <laughs> but, but I know you'll be glad to hear that Uncle Patty Larson is reformed now. Now he only start, he steals things beginning with A. Like a horse, a mule. <laughs> look, look here, Slade. Fun's fun, but we want our money. That's sure. Right. Where's Calhoun? Right. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Mr. Calhoun's right here, and he wants to do a little confessing. Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, Mr. Val is quite wait. correct. Uh, say, that's young Steve. And Maddie's with him. And Pop. Who's the other guy? Mr. Calhoun, I want you to meet my dad. He came up on the boat tonight. Dad? This is Mr. Calhoun. How do you do, sir? My name is Atterbury, Charles V. Atterbury. Charles V. Atterbury? You mean the one that owns That's all the... That's right, Calhoun. The one that owns all the railroads and things. Pretty nice guy to have for an in-law, huh? Yeah, Letty. 
You and Steve all fixed up. Oh, Bill, it's wonderful. Steve wasn't married at all. That was his sister who wrote that letter, and the only trouble he was in was with his own father. My fault entirely. Entirely. Mr. Calhoun, Steve tells me you're in a bit of a spot. You've been so kind to him, I'd like to help out. As one banker to another, will you accept my deposit for, say, a hundred thousand? A hundred thousand? He certainly will. You hear that, man? Mr. Atterbury's putting in a hundred thousand. Anyone want to take his money out? Not on your life. If it's you? good enough for Atterbury, it's good enough for me. Come on, man, let's go. I'll see you later, Mr. Calhoun, just as soon as I get these youngsters set. Oh, isn't it wonderful, Jack? You're a real banker now. I sure am, Belle. Say, slave, I've got a great idea. I pay 2% interest on this dough and lend it out at 8. We'll make a fortune. Yeah, but we'll have to go awful slow, Mr. Calhoun. Why, a stunt like that is positively legal. Thank you, Gail Patrick, Randolph Scott, and Bob Burns for a delightful story. And thank you, Dinah Shore, for that beautiful warbling. Well, as they say back home, Mr. Bradley, the pleasure was all ours. It's really a great pleasure to appear with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players because the Motion Picture Relief Fund is doing such a magnificent job, especially at its country house. We know these shows support that work, and we're all very happy to pitch in and help. And now, before we tell you about next week's show... A word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Shore. Ladies, it's easy to make claims, but it's not always easy to prove claims. Now, I say that Lady Esther face cream will give your skin new life and freshness. Will give your skin a smooth clarity and translucence on which your face powder looks beautiful. And I prove it in just 30 seconds, half a minute, with the Lady Esther patch test. Here's all you do. Just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on your forehead, chin, or one cheek. Wipe it off completely. Then see and feel the difference. Run your fingers over that patch of skin and feel how the dry, rough flakes are gone. Apply your face powder and see the vibrant color and freshness of it on the smooth, new beauty of your skin. Now that will happen to your entire face when you apply Lady Esther face cream. For one, it thoroughly cleans your skin. Two, it softens your skin. Three, it helps nature refine the pores. And four, it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Remember, you can prove all this in the time it takes to count 30. So get a jar of Lady Esther face cream and make the patch test at your very first opportunity. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Double Indemnity. It will star Walter Abel, Fred McMurray, and Barbara Stanwyck. Be sure to listen. Randolph Scott, Dinah Shore, and Bob Burns can currently be seen in Belle of the Yukon, an international picture. Gail Patrick can soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mare picture, Twice Blessed. Dinah Shore appears through the courtesy of Bird's Eye Frosted Foods and is heard on her own program Thursday nights. Bob Burns appears through the courtesy of Life Boy and is heard on his own program Thursday nights. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. You save enough on the largest size jar of Lady Esther face cream to buy a box of Lady Esther face powder. So remember, ask for the largest size. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, 
saying thank you and good night all. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. After failing singing auditions for the bands of Benny Goodman and both Jimmy and Tommy Dorsey, today's star Dinah Shore struck out on her own and became the first singer of her era to achieve huge solo success. She had a string of 80 charted popular hits spanning 1940 to 1957, and after appearing in a handful of feature films, she went on to a four-decade career in television. She starred in her own music and variety shows from 1951 through 1963 and hosted two talk shows in the 1970s. TV Guide ranked her as number 16 on their list of the top 50 television stars of all time. Today's co-star, Robin Bob Burns, was a musical comedian who appeared on radio and in movies from 1930 to 1947. Burns played a novelty musical instrument of his own invention, which he called a bazooka, earning himself the nickname Bob Bazooka Burns. But the nickname didn't end there. During World War II, the U.S. Army's handheld anti-tank rocket launcher was also named the bazooka, which it's still called to this day. Theaters across the country need your support now, more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Music